0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au This morning you might like to open up your Bibles. If you're used to using your Bible, you'll be able to flick around. I haven't got a particular text. Uh, but if you're uh, tech savvy and you've downloaded the Uversion Bible app, you might like to uh, open that up and uh, follow our live event and you'll have all the scripture verses uh, that we'll be using and unpacking and playing around in today. Um, and, uh, but otherwise you might just want to record or write down which scriptures we use and look them up later. Um, they'll be up on the screen as well. Uh, we're starting our theme, our uh, series today, uh, called uh, World Changes. It's our Mission Month. Uh, we have a couple of different speakers uh, coming through over the next uh, month, and, and which will be really exciting to give us a, a bigger picture of our world and the opportunity to uh, serve. Uh, and again, if you're new to the life of the church, if you're reconnecting with uh, God and faith and what does it look like to follow Jesus, uh, we trust that this is a real sense of uh, awakening and purpose and a reminder to all of us uh, of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and the imitation that we have from him to t- participate in life with him. But being a world changer uh, can be a difficult concept Uh, To grasp or connect with, not uh, there might be some of us in this room today who would think I'm not capable of changing the world, and there's lots of different reasons for that. We might be thinking that we're too young, or we're too old, or we're too busy, or we don't have enough money, or we don't have enough other resources. Maybe we'd feel like we don't have enough experience in a particular idea. Maybe when we think about mission, we think about uh, something that is uh, going overseas. We think about the skills that are required and maybe we don't think we have those skills or any skills um, to contribute to. So the next few weeks, we really want to encourage us to listen for the Spirit, to be expectant and to be in conversation with those around us, those who are closest to us, those who know us but also to be asking God what he wants to reveal to us over uh, the next few weeks because we might be surprised because all of this depends upon um, our relationship with God and our ability to be obedient to what God calls us to. Wherever you are on the, on the journey of faith and what that looks like, uh, this foundational is being opened in our relationship with Jesus. Um, we as I said we'll hear some stories and opportunities of what it is to be world changers. because I think we could all agree that our world needs transformation is that a reasonable statement to start with even if not our world then maybe there's things in our own little world if we can't even think like this maybe our own little world we're thinking yeah I could do some transformation in my life and that's true the thing about transformation is that we all have an idea or an opinion for example Has anyone ever said, if I was the prime minister or if I was the president or if I was the senior minister, Maybe you might like to say, if I was the CEO of Australia Post, um, Andrea was looking up a website uh, the other day and um, there was a note about postal services in Australia. It takes less time for a parcel to go from Melbourne to the United Kingdom than it does from Melbourne to Perth. If that's not evidence, our world needs transformation, I don't know what is. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Our vision as a church is to be transforming our community in the name of Jesus. That is, and we want to see that be expressed by being present, being engaged, uh, being authentic, being real, open, um, listening for that from other people as much as expressing that. We want to do that by being uh, generous and courageous in the way that we lived. It's a large vision because it's not always very tangible, it's not always easy to grasp or measure. When is someone transformed? When's that work complete? And part of the, part of the nature of it is that we realise that that work is actually never complete. As much as the work is done, as Gary said, it is finished. Jesus has done the work that needs to be done so that we can enter into a relationship with God the Father. There is still a work that God is doing in us. So the work of transformation is ongoing. It is a vision that requires imagination, imagination, It is a vision that requires that we live courageously and generously and think a little bit differently and outside the box even. But when we think of vision, we often think about the end result. And there are some things where the end result is perhaps tangible and easy to think about. For instance, if you're a teacher, the end result might be to help your students uh, understand maths more. Or to help improve their literacy. Or some might even be, we want to see a student attend more classes. That might be their kind of scope of transformation. Transformation is not expressed in the same way for everybody. If you're, a, um, if you're in business, you want your business to be making a profit. So if you're struggling, you want to increase, you might want to say, well, we want to earn so many thousands of dollars this month and that will help do A, B, C and D. So there's a tangible result about that um, vision. When we talk about our banks at the moment, (laughs) maybe we don't want to talk about our banks at the moment, but we're looking for a new vision from our banks that's more tangible than simply the end result and the dollar for shareholders. But our vision, we understand, can be a little bit difficult to grasp. But I would also say that seeing where we want to go is easy. Seeing where we want to go is easy. Getting there is often more difficult. And it's the courage, the faithfulness, the endurance, the resilience of getting there that separates the visionaries from the dreamers. But I want to suggest to you today that the desire for life and indeed the tr- the desire to transform and shape and to bring new life into something is uh, a gift that God has placed within every single one of us. And I'm going to say that I don't know what your I know some of your positions of faith. I know some of you have been faithful followers of Jesus. Some of you might not be really sure about this Jesus thing or even about this church. But I want to suggest to you that the idea for transformation and creating something out of nothing is placed within every single one of us and is actually a gift that has been given to us from God. And there's evidence from that from the very beginning of time. If we read Genesis, a couple of passages in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Nothing blank canvas however you want to put that it was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters now even if you're not a church person or a Christian or read scriptures very much you've probably heard the story of creation the story of transformation making something out of nothing a little bit of a different tangent later on uh, God calls Abram and he says to Abram go from your country your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, how many people live with that kind of mentality? I suspect if more of us lived with that kind of mentality that God wants to bless us so that he can bless all peoples on earth through us, that would actually revolutionise a lot of places and a lot of neighbourhoods and a lot of workplaces, wouldn't it? That the work that God wants to do in us actually brings transformation and blessing to the wider community if we're obedient and willing to step into his plans and his purposes. See, the world... To be world changers isn't to simply see the world and call out all its faults and all the things that we think should be done differently or better, but actually to be world changers is actually to call out the light and the hope and the purpose that God has already placed within us. Because I think sometimes we can very, be very good about complaining about the world. We're very good at saying everything that's gone wrong. But maybe we need to reframe that and call out what God has actually already placed within the world that hasn't been seen for a while. It isn't about standing at a distance either. It is about transformation beginning with me. What is it that God wants to transform in me? What needs to change in me in the words that I speak, in the thoughts that I have, in the actions that I have, in the way that I treat people, in the way that I use my resources that are available to me? See, this shapes the individual, but it is also an invitation to bless others and therefore shape the community. I guess maybe the question is where we begin. Another familiar text. Jesus says uh, in Matthew, uh, after his resurrection, he gathers with his disciples and he says to them, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um. So Jesus just makes it clear just go. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever's happening, start and go. Spread from there. You know, now I'm pretty sure the disciples had a very a much smaller understanding of all nations than we do have today, wouldn't you think? But it's because of this rabble, this ragged bunch of people that gathered and took that seriously that you and I are sitting here today. I mean it's mind blowing wrap your head around that who are we shaping who are we influencing today that will pass it on to the generation so that someone else might be here because of a small statement that we made we talk about baptism baptism by immersion baptism by full immersion in churches of Christ we have a baptism available to us (laughs) yay praise God for that we hope to use it but we believe in baptism by full immersion and that awakens something within us about the call of Jesus to follow him and be obedient. In Luke chapter 24, uh, this is what was written, is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So all right, this is going to go again all, uh, all nations, but it's beginning from wherever this group of people are. This ragtag dysfunctional times group of people. In Acts chapter one, we heard last week, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in case you haven't picked it up, this is what our logo represents a little bit of. Christ pours into us. We receive Christ. We accept Christ. Christ is our purpose. He is the one who reveals the fullness of uh, God. Christ comes into us and everything ripples out from that. And Christ is the centre, Christ restores us, Christ refreshes us, Christ renews us. He is the living water and everything else comes out of that. And wherever your beginning place is, start there. See, whatever you think about transformation, whatever you think about change, whatever you think about influence, start there. Start where you are. This isn't about being where someone else is or being the same as someone else. This is about God Uh, you and God being uh, so alive and so awake that you start where you are and God stirs within you. And see, to go to the ends of the earth is only as healthy as the centre. To go to the ends of the earth is only as healthy as the centre. See, we can't send people overseas. We can't send people to translate scriptures unless there's healthy local church. There's no sending if there's no local church. But on the other side, we need to also be mindful of what we are currently involved in and see our lives as mission. Bob Goff describes himself as a recovering lawyer. Uh, He is an author, a speaker, a lawyer. uh, I've already said that, haven't I? Um, A recovering lawyer and an activist. He's got an amazing story. He's actually the uh, chief counsel uh, for Uganda. Um, and if you've ever, uh, if you go and look him up on YouTube. He's one of the most amazing, dynamic people you'll probably ever, ever see or meet or uh, get the pleasure to hear. He's written a fantastic book called Love Does, and I think he's just released another one. Sometimes we also get the impression that if we go across the ocean, it's more noble than going across the street. I think all of heaven is leaning over the rails, hoping we'll go across the room to someone who hasn't been that easy to love. Now, understand, some of you might be sitting here going, oh, it is good to go overseas. Yes, it is. Don't misunderstand this quote. Don't under, misunderstand my heart of what we're trying to say here today and over the coming weeks. We'll hear lots of stories about a broad range of world changes and mission. But one is not more noble or more significant or more important than the other. What is more significant and more important is that we are being obedient to the heart of Jesus? Look, your mission right now—I'm not—I'm not sure of again this—but your mission might actually be right now to be a little bit nicer to your neighbour. That might be your mission. Your mission right now might be to treat your colleagues a little bit differently. Your mission right now could be to think about how you're using your resources and your finances and how you can bless other people with that because you're storing it all up for yourself. That might be your mission, that might be your call. But I actually wanna shift track a little bit because over the recent 12 months, I suppose, I've been interested and stirred about the recent conversations around our national identity and particularly the conversations around Australia Day. This is by no means a reflection of someone who has all the answers. But I think there is some questions that we need to ask in here. Because at the same time that I don't want to dismiss overseas mission, or um, dismiss overseas mission, I think also what we're recognising is, if you haven't noticed, is that the world is coming to us. You with me here? But not only is the world coming to us, there's a whole world that we've tended to ignore and not pay any attention to. And we've been really easy to dismiss some conversations, particularly in the church. But I've noticed that um, but the period between Christmas and New Year, over the last couple of years, um, our media outlets run hot with the conversation around Australia Day. That's not the time to be having the conversation. We need to be having a much more in depth, broader, and smarter and healthier conversation about our national identity and even Australia Day now. Because when it gets to January, we're looking for news between Christmas and Australia Day, (laughs) and it just becomes emotional and volatile. Now, I don't, I don't know where you stand. I'm not asking where you stand. and I'm just saying I think we need to have the conversation differently at the moment. Um, and I actually would argue that the national identity and, and particularly how we've treated our indigenous heritage and our knowledge and how we continue to treat our indigenous people um, that have been a part of this land for thousands and thousands and thousands of years Is also being played out again nationally as we consider how we treat our refugees. Because actually, if you look at some of those conversations, there's not a lot of difference in how we treat these people. And it's pretty poor all round. And it's not that we don't care, not suggesting we don't care. I just think we've become accustomed to living in fear and in safety in our own little bubbles. It's not that we don't care, but I think we've become so accustomed to living in fear that we care more about our own safety and we put up roadblocks down a city street to make us feel safer. You've got to question our motivation. You've got to question. where uh, I guess our framework is let me put it like this maybe some helpful language Um, many of us know our national anthem we all know our national anthem I don't ask for much but every now and then just someone to nod at me and say yes Simon I know our national anthem it'll be okay does anyone know verse 2 of our national anthem do you very good For those who've come across the sea, we have boundless plains to share. With courage, let us all combine to advance Australia fair. Really. What about this iconic song? I am, you are, we are. Australian. Really. We are one, but we are many. And from all the lands on earth we come. We'll share a dream and we'll sing with one voice. I am, you are, we are, Australian. Do you know what part of our problem is in this? Is that we are so focused on our national identity, we've lost our capacity to look at this and look at one another as people of God, created in his image. And I'm horrified at some of the conversations that I've been a part of. I'm horrified at some of the conversations I continue to hear. Particularly from Christians, <laughs> followers of Jesus, people of grace, people of hope, people of welcome, people of hospitality. To see some of the statements on social media. See, I think if we really want to talk about mission, if we really want to talk about transformation, if we really want to talk about transforming our community, we've got some work to do locally. And it's real, I find I do struggle because um, it's a little bit different, you know, as I think about our refugees, I, I feel like a sense I'm isolated from that. It's not directly affecting me, so it's easy just to wash our hands. And yet there's people living in horrendous conditions. And look, this might not be your thing, and that's okay. I'm not trying to force something on you. This is something that I'm wrestling with and struggling with and seeking to unpack for myself and try to work out how I get into conversations in this. Your issue uh, might be homelessness. Your issue uh, could be visiting the prisoners. That might be your passion and your heart and your mission. But what does it mean for what does this mean for us as a nation? What does it mean for us as a church? Next week we'll hear a little bit more of uh, some Indigenous work throughout Australia from Sam Kirkpatrick, who's uh, working with Global Mission Partners, which is the Churches of the Christ Mission. Um, so we'll hear more from Sam about some indigenous work but also the church work that's happening throughout Vanuatu and, and Fiji as well <clears throat> and as I said the world is more accessible and coming to us and actually uh, there's a lady here Jenny Smith who's sitting over here who's uh, started having conversations with people who have moved into Horsham or Australia and into Horsham as migrants and are helping them with conversation and care and love and support and if you want to have a conversation with Jenny She'd love to chat with you about what that looks like. So, there's plenty of opportunities. See, often mission has been expecting others to be like us. And what that's meant at times is that we've actually become less like Jesus. See, to assume that everyone will be like me, will think like me, it both limits the kind of relationship that we're stepping into and actually it limits God's capacity. To love his people. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 to 36, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Mark chapter 9, verse 41, truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of cold water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose. Their reward Luke chapter seven. He turned toward the man and said to Simon, "Do you see this woman? I came into your house. you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them for her hair with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I have entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet, and therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. And as her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And that's not actually about God's capacity to forgive. That's about our desire to receive that forgiveness. Remember, as I will bless you, so I will bless others through you. Here's one to mess with your head and your heart. John 14, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. What if we lived with that kind of mindset? What if we believed we could transform our community in the name of Jesus because we chose to follow Jesus knowing that he's released all of heaven out of his great love for us? See, our mission is quite simple. Follow Jesus and live out of the heart of his perfect love. Declare the heart of God as redeeming, as restoring and recreating the world as he intended it to be. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what your days hold, what your days are filled with. You might be in hospitality. You might be in the repair industry, you might be in the caring industry, you might be a teacher, you might be a student, you might be a tradie, you might be a business person, you might be an administration, you might be a farmer, you might be retired, you are going out sent as sent people. You can be five, you can be 105 and you are still called to mission as a follower of Jesus. You're still called to transform the community that you're a part of in the name of Jesus because we all know, we've all recognised we need transformation. Our world needs something, yeah? We can all recognise the brokenness of our world. It doesn't take you long to have a conversation to hear the brokenness and the heartache and the sense of lostness in our world and the desire and the belief, the hunger that there's something more than what we know now. You might be going away and traveling for th- the next three months and not have a care in the world. Guess what? You're going as a sent people. And I encourage you be attentive. See, it's not a selective call. <laughs> there are various assignments that we might have, and those assignments go from Horsham to all nations. But I want to encourage you to start here. Start today. Start again tomorrow. Serve well. Bring kingdom life. Bring kingdom purpose. Bring hope. Bring transformation. Help people see things from a new perspective. You go in and see them from a new perspective. Pay attention. And you might have big visions. Oh, but Simon, I feel like I'm called to do this and change this and speak here and great, that's fantastic. Start here. Start in your own family. Start in your own church. Start in your own neighbourhood. Start. Just start. Howard Thurman, who is a, an author, a philosopher, theologian, educator and a civil rights leader, and he looks very serious, um, Don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Maybe the beginning of your mission is to simply say, I want to follow Jesus. Maybe the beginning of your mission is to get to know Jesus, is to read the scriptures, is to discover who Jesus is and connect with others who are travelling along the way to ask questions. It might be that it's about asking God to reveal his heart and his will for you. Talk with others, hear their story, and share your story. And maybe you've been following Jesus and you've heard the whisper of his call, and you've been arguing, or maybe you've put an agenda there somewhere. Maybe today's the day to say, I can't carry that agenda anymore. I need to cross the line. I need to cross the line. You know, I think it's astonishing that Uncle Seal and can think that he's called and have a purpose and he's got this agenda and God still works, does a transforming work in him so that he has the capacity to think differently and see people differently. So that God's people becomes my people. And that, friends, is the foundation of mission.